I thought I heard a ring at the door. Come in. My name is Barbie Q and welcome to In My Own Home. I'm your host, storyteller and all-around woman, Barbie Q. So wherever you are in the world, sit back, get comfortable and at times a little horny as I tell you stories, interview fabulous people and spill the tea on some questions you may or may not want answered in my own home. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 11. We are here today with a special episode, uh, actually um, influenced slash suggested by someone on Instagram named Jordan. I say someone, I know him. Uh, his handle is jord underscore exotic. He's a great hunk of spunk. Um, and he actually said to me, I just go, oh, you should do an episode where you have um, questions from your audience. So thanks to Jordan. That is what we are doing today. First question is from Tatum Stafford. Thank you for your question, Tatum Stafford. The question is, what's your favorite thing about Fringe? Now, this is a huge question because Fringe is my favorite time of the year. I love it more than anything else in the world. So one thing I love about Fringe, I love that it brings our glorious little city to life. Um, I love that it brings humongous amounts of creativity to Perth. Uh, from all over the world. I love that you can go out on any night of the week and basically walk into any venue and buy a ticket and go and see something from something that's obnoxious to something that's out of control to something that's tame. There's tastes for everyone. And I, I love that. Uh, I love the camaraderie that sort of seems to happen with all the performers. We become a crazy big family of people. And I feel like you can just walk down the street and you spy someone else with their artist pass or just someone that you know is going to a show and you straight away look at each other with that knowing look of, here we go, it's 40 degrees, I'm about to go and dance my ass off or whatever show it is that you're doing. And I, I just love that. And I, it's nice on a night off where you might be doing a show when another show's finished and you see a sea of cast people that are there just because they've got a night off and they want to be supportive of other people. I just, I feel like there's a lot of love that goes around Perth around Fringe and obviously you know people buy their tickets and they come along and they support uh, passion projects because I find that Fringe definitely is a time where people are producing things that they really really want to do but don't necessarily get the chance to do that a lot so it's definitely a lot of uh, blood sweat and tears that goes into Fringe and you know a lot of the time there's no guarantee of even making any money so you're really doing it for the love of performing so that's what i love about fringe i know that's was a million different <laughs> things but uh hopefully that answers that question uh our next set of questions is from adam zappel uh, there are two questions favorite song to perform my favorite song to perform it, it's that's such a hard question because i i have so many things i love doing all of my dolly stuff but then there are certain times where i'm like i can't listen to any more dolly um I love doing dance tracks, but then there's sometimes where I, I want to do comedy tracks. But I, I always really love performing my yodel. Um, that's always a really fun track. Um, I performed that at Joel Creasy when I performed at the Astor. And um, I performed it at one of the In the Dark events that I did. I can't remember which one it was, but I did. Uh, I always love doing Madonna. I don't know anything. It's, it's such a hard question. The other question you asked, though, Adam, was what's your least favorite song to perform? Let me fucking put this very straight to bed. My least favorite song that I have to do, and thank God it's only in one month of the year, but it's over and over again. It's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah fucking Carey. I hate it. <laughs> Every time I hear the dun, 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 I want to throw myself off a bridge. I cannot stand it. 
But I put the smile on my face and I dance around in Christmas attire and we get the job done and we cash the check. But I do not like that song. I actually, we did a um, a Christmas gig in this past uh, festive season and there was the client actually said, we'd love you to do a Christmas show. Please don't do any Mariah Carey. And I was like, yes, we will do the gig. I was so happy that they didn't want us to do Mariah Carey. Sorry, Mariah. Great song. I've just heard it and seen it way too many times. Oh, goodness gracious. So thank you, Adam, for those questions. The next questions, there's a whole set of questions here, is from Kia Shoesmith from Backdoor Productions. Uh, He just started popping off and putting all of these questions up on the little feed that we had. Uh, He said, the first thing he was like, can you tell us um, in your own words, what uh, tips for new performers on backstage and show etiquette? This could go on for a bit because anyone that's worked for me uh, knows that I'm pretty strict with the way I like things to be done. But as far as I'm concerned, if you sign up for a -a dragathon that I'm hosting or if you're going to be in a show with me, the first form of etiquette is to always be on fucking time. I cannot stand it when people are late. If I give you a call time, you should be there five minutes before that call time so that I know you're there. Even ten minutes before is also makes me randy. Definitely a call time. I also hate it when people rock up late, but then they're completely not ready. And then they walk around the dressing room and decide to have a conversation with everyone and have a, a girly catch up with everyone before actually starting to get ready when they're already late and we're ready to go. That shits me. Uh, another thing I think just from show etiquette, one thing that drives me wild. And again, this is just something that you learn because before I did cruise ships and like big shows, I didn't know this either. But when you preset, you can just preset your costumes in a pile in the order that you need to put them on, on top of each other. You don't need a separate table for every costume. I've been in dressing rooms before where people have had six numbers and they've put six costumes all the way around the room and no one else can get changed. And I've just gone through and I've just kicked them all over because I don't give a shit. So if you're going to preset your costumes, be mindful that there's a million other people crammed into that dressing room that also have to do presetting for costumes. I know I sound like I'm being really awful, but it just grinds my gears. Another thing about show etiquette, I don't give a shit if you have $3 in the bank, buy some deodorant and wear it. The last thing anyone needs is to be running around a dressing room and smelling armpits or feet. Wash your tights and wash your fake boobs if you're a drag queen like me and you wear foam domes. Just make sure you wash them. Febreze is your best friend. And if you're doing a mingling gig where you're close up to people and you have to talk to lots of people, Eclipse Fresh Breath Mints is a way to go. You don't want to have a drag queen come up to you and go, hi, how are you? And leaning to give you a kiss and you get knocked out by the death breath. You just don't want to do it. Now Brandy's laughing at me, but it's true. You don't want someone to come up and go, oh my God, you look great. And you're like, awesome. I can't see because your stench has blinded me. There is no excuse for bad breath and hygiene. The death death breath. breath. Yes. Because sometimes it just inflicts pain. (laughs) It's really important. So enough of that. But tips for new performers. Obviously, I just think professionalism is key. Be friendly to everyone that you're working with. Respect the people that have come before you and respect the people that are booking you. It is a really important tool to have just to be nice to people. And I guess other tips for new performers, just make sure 
that you that you really love what you're doing. If your first thing in your brain is, I want to be a drag queen because I want to make lots of money. To me, that's that's not your passion. You should be doing drag because you love drag. And that's kind of as far as that goes. Kia Shoesmith also asks me, what do I look for when casting? Um, it depends what I'm casting for. Usually when I'm writing a new show, um, I will write the show based on in my mind who I already want to have. So I do do a fair bit of preempting sometimes of who I'm hoping to have. But then if I'm not sure if the person's available or if they'll say yes, because obviously I, I kind of write the show first, then I ask my list of first preferences. And then if people say no, I generally always have it written with two people in mind uh, so that I can slot someone in. Uh, and then as of late, just in the world we live in with COVID and stuff like that, all of my production shows, I always have at least one understudy that learns everybody's role that I know is capable of jumping in at the last minute if they need to. What do I look for when I'm casting dancers? Um, I definitely, with dancers, um, I'm really strict on my dancers. I generally, nine times out of ten, look for uh, dancers that can do acro because I always love lots of tricks in my shows. It's not a necessity, but where I can, I always like to have um, tumbling and, like, hand balances and stuff like that. I just find, I just like things to be nice and spectacular where they can be. Uh Kia then asks, what's the fav favourite show I've seen or done? That's a hard one. Probably the favourite show personally that I've done would be um, probably the second Madonna Circus we did when we had the WA Spiegel because we sold that out at like 700 seats or whatever it was like for a week. And it just felt, it was probably one of the first times I ever felt like a rock star. And it was just a really... I know that sounds really stupid, but I felt like a famous person, even though I'm a fucking nobody in Perth. But it was just really cool um, walking out onto stage in the first two counts of eight. And I can remember on the Saturday night, I walked out and the, the crowd roaring was so loud that I couldn't even hear the cue in the music. It was so crazy insane. It was incredible. Favourite show I've seen, um, I would have to say, would be... Um, the Madonna Rebel Heart Tour. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life. I know that's not necessarily probably the show that you meant, but that was one of the best things I've ever seen. And then any Dolly Parton tour I've ever been to as well was incredible. Uh, the least favourite show I've seen or done. Least favourite show I've seen or done. That's hard because sometimes there's shows that I see or do that I don't like. Not fit really any other reason than they're just not my thing but it's not because they're a bad show so I kind of don't really want to say that a show is bad so let's think about maybe musicals or touring shows that I've seen a few years ago me and Cougar went to a matinee what's that musical with the fucking puppets Avenue Q I think it was we went to Crown and we saw it and we wanted to leave at the interval it was so bad and you know what Cougar said to me I saw this in New York and it was in a really small intimate theatre and it was amazing and then we went to Crown and saw it in that massive big theatre and I was like nothing's happening there's just people standing there and it just was too big I, I just I don't know it, 
I don't know it, that it lost it for me. I, by in, like we stayed for the whole show, but at interval we were like, oh, I just don't want to go back in. But we've spent one hundred and sixty dollars to come, so we should watch it because it was normal crown pricing. It was really expensive for what for what it was. Our next question is from my fabulous drag diva spectacular sister Ruby Jules. She says, Barbie, what does it take to become a team player? Oh, that's such a tricky one isn't it i think being a team player you really have to have a lot of tolerance for other people i think you also again this sounds like i'm being awful but i don't mean it in the way that i sound i just say things very directly but i think to be a really good team player you also have to have a lot of tolerance for bullshit like you just be you just need to be able to filter through crap on your own accord um without having to make a mountain out of it or just to push past and go you know what i don't need to take that on board i'm just going to keep going because we've got a sh- we've got a job to do um yeah because everyone has different ideas or different ways that they like to do things so obviously there's always going to be differences of opinions in a group setting but to be a team player i think you really have to learn the power of compromise and the power of just letting things go and moving on to the next project otherwise you're just going to get full of bad energy and hot air and no one likes that especially after you know an intimate dinner uh so you've just got to push through get to know everybody i think the better you can get to know your cast as well really helps you become a team player because you get to know people's habits what they like and they don't like and you form like a little bond with everybody and i think that's really important too i think when you go in cold um like the first day of starting a brand new show or something and you don't know anyone i feel like there's always that level of tension until a couple of hours in (laughs) then everyone's good. So that's probably my advice would be just patience, communication, tolerance, do your fucking job, get that money. The next question. Now this is a fun question, a bit silly. This is from my other drag sister, Serenity Von Vada. She said, if the cast of sensuality were on a deserted Island, who would die first? <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what? To be fair, it would probably be me because I would spend all my time worrying about making sure everybody else was good that I'd probably fucking starve to death because I'd be trying to make sure that everyone else was good, or I'd be like, "Oh, I can catch a fish," and then I'd probably get caught in a rip current and then I'd drown. I don't know. It'd probably <laughs> it would probably be me. It would. Or it'd be Sam, because he'd be nice and warm on the desert and he'd just fall asleep and he just wouldn't wake up because he'd be so comfortable. Oh, my goodness. That is a camp question. Yeah, it would probably be me because I'd be too busy running around and I wouldn't stay out of the shade. I'd be like, no, I can catch the fish. And then I'd before I know, I'd be sunburned and dehydrating. I'm sorry. It'd be so funny to see you on Survivor. I'd be terrible, Brandy. <laughs> I would be so You're bad. Like, it's too hot. I'd be like, and it's get ready hot. To do a challenge. I want to do a. Sh- I want to have a shower <laughs> and some chicken wings. I'd be so awful on Survivor. <laughs> Can you imagine? Or you and Big Brother, or you and Sam together on Amazing Race. I think I would love to do Gogglebox with Sam. Okay. Yeah. I think that's in a home though. Yes. Yeah, I think it'd be funny to put you in the wilderness. I'd. I do. I would do Big Brother. Okay. I think Big Brother would be fun. Yeah. And I think I think I would drive everyone crazy, but in a good way, I guess. You'd be good TV. Oh, I don't know. I think you would. Maybe. I think you would. You should audition. Unless I wake up and I'm grumpy, that's never good TV. No, that's great TV. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Final pod question. 
from the glamorous Kimmy Head. What's your favorite fringe show you have ever produced? That's a loaded fucking question because I love all the shows that I produce, so that makes it really hard. Oh, just one. Oh. Do you know what? I would probably have to say, because my initial thought was the second Madonna show because that was the favorite show I've done. But I think my favorite fringe show that I ever produced would have to be Sensuality, only because it was the very first one I ever did. It was on a whim. It Once we'd cast it, like, well, even before I'd cast it, me and Sam had sat down and we'd pretty much pre-written everything we wanted to do because we wanted to go in with a pitch that was already complete. And for something that took us not even an hour from conception in our brain to writing the whole show with our wish list of people, we then, eight years on, have now got a really successful fringe show that people really love and we love doing it. And every year we just come up with more and more crazy ideas to the point of, you know, we're about to do Sensuality, Heaven and Hell at Fringe, which is number eight, and we've already written number nine for the year after. We already know what we're doing. So um, I would have to say the Sensuality series, which is hard because so I write so many Fringe things and I love all of them. But that would be my favourite because it was the baby that got me into Fringe because I'd never done a Fringe before that. My first ever Fringe that I even went to was that. So here we are. So that is all the questions so far. Well, I say so far, that's all the questions because we're recording now. Uh, But thank you for writing those in. We'll we'll definitely do another episode like this in season two, I think, because I think uh, it'll give more people time to think of more questions maybe once they hear this. So thanks everybody for your questions. Thank you for listening to us this season. We'll be back after this short musical interlude with the second last chapter of Bad Boy Confessions. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are up to Chapter 11, funnily enough, being Episode 11. We're also at Chapter 11 of Bad Boy Confessions, so let's strap in, kids. All right, here we go. Music, please. Two little hot blonde tarts of exquisite beauty highlighted that last six-hour portion of my week-long extravaganza. It was an exciting adventure inside the tiniest, wettest apertures it has been my pleasure to thoroughly exploit. They looked like twins and the two little nympho bitches weren't wearing a stitch under their coats. They just dropped them to the floor and hopped right into my very comfortable hotel room bed. My name is Heidi and she is Hilda. We are here to play with the big American cock. What a fucking paragraph to start with. He's American. He's American. We thought he was English. We thought he was British the entire time. Yeah. He's American. I know. Shattered. I know. And play they did. They let off with a super double blowjob that left me gasping and begging for more. They weren't more than five feet tall and were probably a few inches shorter than that. I found myself eating each cunt while the sucking mouths kept doing me. Their hair wasn't just blonde, it was shimmering. Oh, what a stupid fucking sentence. It shone in the lamplight as each head moved up and down in turn as they gave me succulent head. Each cunt had been perfectly prepared. 
musky perfume accented flesh, clean pussies that were good enough to eat and I sure as hell did. When I'd shot off into one of the tart's guzzling throats, I quickly found myself being ridden by Hilda while I continued to eat out Heidi. The two tramps were giggling and squealing as they quivered with little climaxes during their playful whore games. (laughs) The whore games. The whore games. This is a standalone sentence. God, Hilda was tight. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Her cunt felt like a tiny virgin asshole. It was so tight. The friction was beyond belief. I squirted off and again, I suspected somebody had put something in my meal to help me perform. That little bitch held her was so tight. She kept me hard and I sure found out what real tightness was. He's so loving and caring, isn't he? Hilda's asshole. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, she is an asshole. Hilda's asshole wasn't a hole. It was a fucking itsy bitsy crack that ground my prick with the most oh. intense sensations I had ever had. How that filthy little trickster could rim. God, what a fucking perverted little bitch she was like Hannah Conda from Drag Race oh, Down Under. You bitch! <laughs> I don't believe that was in there. Oh, I just felt, I think you made that up. I felt like I was ad-libbing. Oh. Yeah, your musky puss. I love that. It's like Nostradamus. He must have predicted the future. Yeah, absolutely. Heidi grinned down at me and giggled. <laughs> if you think Hilda is something, wait till you try me. I'm younger than her. I'm hotter. I love the naughty, filthy tricks. My cunt is tight. If my anal impaling cock was causing Hilda pain, she never showed it. She kept giggling and shrieking with climax as she did me with that wicked little rimming asshole. I couldn't hold back. You fucking hot little bitch. Fuck. Yes, rim it, baby. Rim it. I jetted what felt like a quart of cum up into that writhing wonderland of a squeezing dirt hole. <laughs> dirt hole! Dirt hole! Ew! I know. No. Oh. Hilda giggled. It's your turn, Heidi. Fucking bad. Then Heidi sucked me hard and rode super wild on my barely recovered prick. I lunched on... Hilda's cum-filled cunt while the other slut kept fucking up and down my itching manhood. Hilda squealed and giggled as she watched me licking and sucking out her seeping little crack. Do you like Heidi, Ronnie? I mumbled. She crooned. Is that a yes? I broke contact for a moment. Yeah. Why is there so much dialogue I know, it continues. (laughs) Does Heidi fuck better than me, Ronnie? I gasped. She's a little tighter, but you're both nasty, wicked little fuck whores. Wow. That would just make my knickers fall off if I got <laughs> spoken to like that. To be fair, it probably would work. Hilda asked in a squeaky, girlish voice. Do you like the way we fuck? We're just getting started. We're going to drain you so you won't need to fuck anymore for a whole month. The fuck is this chapter? I know. Heidi was giggling and crying out as passion tore right through her. Oh, Ronnie! Keep fucking me with your nasty cock! Faster! 
fuck me hard, I squirt my hole and fill it with hot spray. So I did. <laughs> Heidi's cunt was sheer carnal wickedness. How she cramped and swiveled and jerked all over my piercing fucking meat. How that little bitch strained and worked it until I creamed off right exactly where she wanted it, deep inside her vibrating fuckhole. This chapter's a lot. It's a lot. Have you ever touched a vibrating fuckhole? I don't know if I have. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm well-traveled, but I, I could have amnesia. It was an enchanting triad of juicing, moaning, frantic lust. I sprayed into Hilda's ass, and I had to have more. There was something so damn tantalizing about their giggles and sexy sighs and whimpering cries, oh, spitting rhymes, that drove me to new heights of animalistic deeds. My cock was a ruler. Well, does he mean 30 centimeters, or is he trying to say that it's a ruler, like it's in charge? Or he's just like hard. Right. Straight, straight. I wanted to make their bum holes and their cunts sore. Wow. That's beautiful, isn't it? I totally filled them all with quarts of sticky cum. I wanted them to drink down my white cock milk and make them squeal as they gushed like filthy pigs all over my dick. Jesus Christ. This one's a lot, isn't it? This one feels like the most violently worded. Yeah. 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 After many ecstatic minutes, minutes, oh. I could keep track of which girl I was inside. Well, that's good. I mean, at least there's, there's only two of them. There's only two. <laughs> You'd hate to lose track. <laughs> Their carnal cavities were so small and full of visceral vitality. I didn't even want to be sucked off. I just wanted to explore those tiny, tender traps of depraved vice. The raunchy play continued. These girls were into every filthy trick and then some. They'd suck my cock, they'd take turns riding my dick, and each time they climaxed, they would switch. I became as familiar with their insides as I was with the palm of my hand. Isn't that lovely? So nice. Home stretch, kids. It was so much fun to feel my cock spurting cum into Heidi's little virginal looking mouth. Then her tongue would slip and slurp all over my dick tip, even as she was swilling down my sticky leavings. Cum eventually was smeared on their faces and their groins were sticky with the stuff. We were all sore and more of the medicinal cream was generously used and still the rutting went on until breakfast was announced. I don't have the faintest idea how I got to the airport. The taxi driver must have thought I was on drugs or something. Fortunately, I'd only brought one suitcase with me and I, as I said before, I went out like a light as soon as the plane took off. Over the Atlantic, I dreamed about Hilda and Heidi in each of their juice-seeping holes. And I then finished my flight with a beautiful evening meal served by Hanaconda. <laughs> Thank you to my fabulous house guests this week, and thank you everyone out there listening to my womanly voice, wherever you may be. If you enjoyed In My Own Home, please make sure to let me know on my socials, visit my website, or if you see me out at the clubs, just say, oh yeah, and I'll know you're a Barbie girl. But for now, the tea is cold, my feet are sore, and visiting hours are over, pet. Thank you for visiting me In My Own Home, and I'll see you next time.